Good Sunday morning. I'm Jaden Jefferson, and welcome to this week's Community Focus. I'm right now joined by Amanda Wilson, who is the Youth Housing Initiative Director at the Ohio Homelessness Coalition on Housing as well. So thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. So let's first talk about youth homelessness, because this was the focus of a story I did this week, and this is an issue that I don't think too many people know about. So talk about youth homelessness. So the thing that is difficult about, there's a lot of things that are difficult about youth homelessness. One of the things is how it's defined. So uh, it is defined differently by different um, federal and state departments. And um, so when we say, you know, something simple like, well, how many youth are experiencing homelessness in my community? It's not always easy to get that number because we're not always talking about like, are we talking about, you know, youth under 18? Are we talking about youth under 25? Are we talking about 14 to 24? And also, uh, young people experiencing homelessness are um, very smart and street savvy. And we have, uh, those of us in the homelessness services sector and, and the advocacy and um, services sector have trouble finding folks. So we know that folks are out there. We know they're experiencing, um, young folks are experiencing homelessness, but oftentimes that looks a lot different than an adult over 25. So, um, you know, sometimes young people are out on the street or in encampments. A lot of times they're moving rapidly from place to place. So they might be at home for a little bit. They might be in the car for a night. They might then be um, at a friend's house for a couple of weeks. And then that doesn't, you know, they can't stay there any longer. So then they're back at home. And so it can be really difficult Um to find, you know, you, we have some numbers, but we know that they're undercounts because uh, the outreach into the community is so important to raise the issue um, and increase visibility of the population of young people experiencing homelessness. Also, um, it's not a way people define themselves. So you might qualify as experiencing homelessness for a certain type of service, but because you're not in an encampment, because you're not out on the bench, you don't see yourself as qualifying for that program. But if your um, nightly residence isn't safe and stable, there's probably services that you qualify for, especially if you're a youth or a young adult. And you're with the Coalition on Homelessness and Housing in Ohio. And that homelessness part we just talked about, but housing is another thing. And someone that saw this story brought up an interesting point to me, which was that they oftentimes see adults that are out on the street, but they don't oftentimes see kids that are out on the street. And so where are we finding a lot of these youth to be staying overnight? So it, it depends. So unaccompanied youth, um, so, so youth that aren't with their families, um, they are, again, bouncing from place to place with a friend in the car, at maybe getting some services, you know, youth, a younger youth that are still with their families, we also don't see as often because maybe grandma says, I'll take the kids because I don't want them out on the, you know, street or in the shelter, but I can't take the whole family. Um, or, you know, there's different, um, survival and settings that parents have scenarios that they have in place for their kids 
Um, but still it happens. I mean, whole family sleeping in the car. Um, there's also a lot of um, effort to hide that because there can be a concern about um, child welfare involvement or other systems involvement. Um, families don't want to be separated. And so um, families get really creative to protect their their kids when they're experiencing homelessness for those um, younger youth that are um, still with their families. You had mentioned before that when we're talking about tracking homeless youth that these counts, they can oftentimes be under. And so in terms of tracking that data, where are the big struggles in actually getting people to self-report that they're homeless? So I, I think there's a lot of things we could say um, you know, culturally, uh, I think in the United States, we're very much a um, culture of perceived self-sufficiency. And um, so it can be seen as stigmatizing to ask for help. Um, there can be a sense of, I got this. I don't, I don't need anybody's help. I don't trust you to provide me with help. Young, uh, a lot of times youth and young adults experiencing homelessness have, have interacted with systems already. They've interacted with, um, maybe, uh, things at school that didn't go well. Maybe they've had child welfare, or, you know, foster care involvement. Maybe they've had juvenile justice involvement. So another agency or person saying, Hey, you know, tell me, uh, all the tough things you're experiencing and I'm going to help you. It, it takes a while to like build up that relationship. And that's not always, um, conducive with the types of things we're doing to count, folks experiencing homelessness. For example, um, you know, HUD has communities conduct the one night point in time count um, and uh, get counts of people who are out on the street. And it can be very difficult to find young people um, just on one night to, to get a scope of, you know, it's a good starting point, but like I said, those numbers would definitely be an undercount and those definitions too. Uh, again, looking at, we, we don't have a state definition of youth homelessness in Ohio right now. Um, so there's not a common language that we're gathering around when we're doing counts. And so, uh, you know, in data, those definitions um, are really important. So uh, I think it's it's some different factors that come together to make that those counts really difficult. And once relationships are built up with people experiencing homelessness, they feel the trust of these resources. What are the next steps that can be taken to, of course, get them out of the situation they're in? But prevent them from re-entering that situation? That's a great question. And, you know, uh, housing has to come first, but it's not housing only. So, you know, we're depending on where a youth or a young adult is at in terms of their housing crisis, of course, getting safe um, and stable housing is a key priority. Um, getting shelter if it's needed, um, making sure somebody has a safe place to stay, you know, tonight or for the next um, span of time while they're working on their other goals. But again, that relationship building and trust has to continue um, because the um, 
young people, the young adults with lived experience that I've talked to have said over and over again that they want to be treated with respect. They want to be treated as experts in their own life and experience. Um, you know, so it, it's not for me or anyone in an agency to come in and tell someone what their goals should be, you know, um, so it might they might have additional supports they want around their health, um, education, employment, um, you know, any number of kinds of stabilization uh, goals that can um, be improved with having safe and stable housing. Because, you know, when you try to do some of that stabilization, when you don't have a safe place to stay, it's very difficult to find success. Um, so longer term services, not everybody needs that. You know, we in, in the housing world, we talk about progressive engagement and giving folks the level of assistance that they need. But, um, Anecdotally, and what I hear from the providers that I work with is that youth and young adults tend to need more time um, than an adult over 25 who got behind on rent when they were transitioning jobs. Maybe they just need that deposit and first month's rent and they're like back on their feet, good to go, great. But a lot of times, like with all these factors we've been talking about that young people have been experiencing, systems involvement, the uh, trauma of the experience of homelessness itself, um, maybe co-occurring like issues, uh, health issues, um, you know, mental, physical health issues, then they might need some additional support. And we know that making sure that young people have positive connections is something that's really critical. So uh, we can get you, you know, we find the apartment, we get you in the apartment, we make sure you have all your stuff. Um, you know, it's not the best practice to then just say, well, goodbye and good luck. You know, it, it's really important what we call like aftercare in the services world is really important to make sure that a, a young adult, especially on their own for the first time, maybe as far as being in their own apartment, say, is getting those supports that they need to um, continue to be comfortable in that unit and be able to maintain it. Yeah, it really is just the start. And so for people that may be family members of a homeless youth or may work with the homeless youth or just are acquainted to that homeless youth, what role can they take on personally to be just a part of that solution and really support them through that process? Yeah, so, um, you know, I'll borrow something that has specifically been spoken about in the context of human trafficking, which is a high risk for youth experiencing homelessness. Um, unfortunately, especially youth that are uh, LGBTQ plus um, have some increased risks there. Um, but you talk about being a safe adult, so um, or peer. You know, it doesn't have to be somebody over you know twenty four or whatever. But like, what am I doing to be trustworthy? To demonstrate that I'm a safe person? Am I following through on what I say? Am I taking the time to build that relationship? Am I listening to this young person because they might have something else that's going on that's really important to them at school or in a relationship, and I. 
need to be attentive to that if I want to build an authentic relationship with this person, right? To, to what's important to them. And then making sure that people get connected with the resources in their own community. Do we have enough youth dedicated resources uh, around the state? Of course not, but we have some. And so it's really important um, to then get uh youth and young adults who are experiencing homelessness linked up with whatever might be available in the community to start getting whatever services that they um, are eligible for. And how do we advocate to get more services? Because I know people sometimes are intimidated by the idea of writing an elected official or even just doing the research to just know that more are needed. How do we start that? Oh, it's it's really so important that direct advocacy with your elected official. You know, we have an advocacy department at Ohio and they tell us all the time those direct phone calls, those letters, they make a difference. Um, you know, people the you know, I know you've uh done a lot of uh, speaking with elected officials and um, the work that you do. And you know that it's important to them to what their constituents are saying and what they're asking for. Um, so definitely that direct outreach to your elected officials is so important. And there are um, dollars being invested in the state um, you know, there's uh, money in the state budget that's sometimes dedicated. You know, we have the Ohio Department of Health Homeless Youth Program. That's a state budget line item. So, you know, that advocacy works to help keep those dollars in the budget and to say, hey, we we want to see more of this and, and we want to figure out how to get it into our community um, to help solve uh, solve this issue um, that really uh, isn't controversial that everyone should have a safe and stable place to live, especially youth and young adults. For sure. And Amanda Wilson from the Coalition on Homelessness and Housing in Ohio, thanks for joining me and thanks for the work that you're on. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate the work you do and, and you taking the time to talk with me about this. And um definitely happy to be a resource to anybody that needs it. Well, thank you. And that's this week's Community Focus. I'm Jaden Jefferson. Have a great week.